welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. Pharmaceutical manufacturing is a highly regulated industry. People's health and lives depend on it. One of the challenges for those in the industry becomes staying efficient in an increasingly competitive marketplace. Other changes include customer consolidation and staying nimble while balancing quality and strict regulations. Joining us today to talk about these and other challenges and trends in pharmaceutical manufacturing is Priyanka Chigurupati, Executive Director at Granules Pharmaceuticals. Priyanka oversees all operations of the U.S. subsidiary, including research and development and manufacturing. Welcome, Priyanka. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So Priyanka, I understand that Granules Pharmaceuticals is a family business. Tell me what it's like to be part of a family business with such a large global reach. Well, um, yeah, it is a family business. Um, we've been present in the United States uh, for about uh, 20, over two and a half decades now, um, and also other countries. As of today, we um, cater to about customers in 75 different countries. But in terms of physical presence, we only have physical presence in two countries. One is a Chinese joint venture called uh, Granules Biocos and Granules Pharmaceuticals, Inc., which is what I uh, look into. And that is our R&D and manufacturing um, company in Chantilly, Virginia. In terms of my experience, I think working for any company that has a global presence is a great opportunity in itself. And I, and I have had uh, the rare opportunity of working in both India and America, which people, especially of my age, I don't think it, it's very easy to come along. And although I studied in the U.S., my work experience earlier was limited to India until I moved to the U.S. recently. And I think there's a the, the biggest learning is that there's a lot of differences between both the cultures, but uh, to be able to kind of blend both of them and learn, take the best out of each culture and kind of implement that into the other culture is something that I have been able to learn and implement in, in each way. And I think there's a lot of learning that came. There's a lot of uh, pros and cons to both the cultures. And I'm, uh, well, without any bias, I'm kind of confident when I say that uh, within the Indian work culture, loyalty and commitments to the job are maybe a little bit more than um, they are here. And obviously I don't mean any disrespect, but again, in the US, there's absolutely no country better than the U.S. to explore opportunities. And at least in my experience, I have been able to learn more by being more hands-on in the U.S. than in India. So I think both countries have uh, pros and cons, and they're both big potential targets for us. So having said that, I want to talk about more of the challenges that you see today in the pharmaceutical manufacturing market. For example, I understand that there's a consolidation of customers. Tell me about that and any other challenges that you see as well. Right now, I'm focusing more on the uh, the U.S. market for the company. So I'll, I'll talk specifically about the U.S. market and then maybe a little bit more about other markets. Uh, like, like you just said, there has been a lot of consolidation and there's only three big customers controlling the entire market today. As manufacturers, we are, we are at a complete disadvantage uh, because we have no say in the price. From a scenario where it's where what the manufacturer decides, it's become what the customer decides or what the market decides. But has that really uh, reduced pricing to the end customer, which is kind of the goal of the government today? I don't think it really has. 
because um, with all the pricing complexity within the chain, it's the middlemen that take up a majority of the profits. And that's why we've been seeing a lot of manufacturers exit the market and rationalize their product portfolios. If the end goal is really to reduce the prices to the end customers, I don't think this is really the right method because you're discouraging manufacturers. And it's very cyclical because suddenly there's a lot of manufacturers that will get out of a product overnight and then there's a shortage to the customer uh, shortage in the market there's a shortage because obviously manufacturers when they try to sell to the customers where it's completely price driven um they are not getting the the returns that they even put into um a product so when that happens people exit the market there's um shortage of product and then what happens is that some manufacturers they then jump back into these products where there are shortages and they increase the prices drastically. This is happening from a raw material level. I think that's where this this whole um, business is getting a little bit. I don't think that we're going in the right direction as of now. So, yeah, that, that's the biggest trend that we've been seeing. While the U.S. market is still very um, attractive to many players, if this keeps going on, I think um, there'll be a lot of uh, manufacturers exiting the U.S. market. I want to get into pricing pressure that you just mentioned, but something else that you just said also sticks in my head. What is the right direction then if we're not going in the right direction right now? Well, in my point of view, I think there should be a direct channel between manufacturers and the end customers. Why should there be maybe a wholesaling ch- to wholesaler channel? That's fine. But then there's all, all these other additional middlemen that come into the picture. And honestly, there's no place for them. Is it a business? Yes, that's the only reason they're they're there. And it's just an opportunity for companies to make money. But in a, in a realistic scenario or in um, an ideal scenario, not realistic, I think if there's a direct link between manufacturers and the end customer, the goal of actually getting product at a certain price to the end customer will be attained. Tell me about pricing pressure for pharmaceutical manufacturers. You mentioned that earlier. What is happening there? Tell me a little bit deeper about that. Where is the pressure coming from? What do you see as a solution? Where the pr- uh, pressure is coming from is the fact that there's, again, three three major customers controlling the entire market. There's too much supply and the demand is there, but the demand is coming from three players. Let me, let me put it this way. The, for product A, right? There's um, three big customers and each customer, assuming they have completely different suppliers, which is not the case in very many scenarios. At the most, for each product, you have about two suppliers or three suppliers. So you're talking about giving each product to three suppliers. So I think a total of between six and nine suppliers actually have some business uh, for each product, whereas the, the supply is coming from I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 suppliers. If you look at an NC minus one product today, you have 20 filers that are launching on day one, 20 different suppliers. And at, and these suppliers are actually, or anybody, any farm, um, any um, generic manufacturer, they're spending about four years, four to five years to get the product into market. And I'm just talking about the number of years, not the financial investment. And at the end of the day, you're talking about them not even getting any return from it and because of the consolidation and how the three big customers are controlling the prices in the market. And uh, what they're actually doing is they're 
they're pitting one manufacturer against another to just reduce the prices. So if you say you have five dollars for a thousand what a thousand count of some product, they go to another manufacturer. They say we're getting it at five. What about you? Can you lower the prices? And then they'll come back to us and they'll say I'm getting it at this. So it's just a mechanism that they're using to reduce the prices, and that's where the pricing pressure is coming from. What can pharmaceutical manufacturers do about that? I think right now, um, all pharma manufacturers can do is focus on sustainability and just keep keep going the way they are. At least I'm talking um, in terms of R and D. There's nothing we can do to control the effect consolidation has had on manufacturers. Um, I think um, there this is this in itself is a barrier to exist for many um, manufacturers. If it keeps going like this, I think a lot of smaller suppliers will be out of the market. Um, so I think um, if manufacturers just keep focusing on quality and a strong R&D portfolio and obviously manufacturing efficiencies, these three, I think, are the key points for any uh, pharma company uh, to sustain long term. But from from the other other point of view, I don't think we as pharma manufacturers can do anything. I think it's up to the government to ensure that um, the impact of the middlemen in this chain is um, reduced. With global manufacturers reducing their presence in the U.S. in order to stay competitive, how do you think this will affect the pharmaceutical market, both in the U.S. and globally? Globally, I've already been seeing a lot of uh, customers, um, a lot of other manufacturers exiting the U.S. market and entering these global markets where they see more in terms of um, return on investments. Um, So what would happen to the U.S. market? I don't think there'll be a significant impact because at the end of the day, the U.S. market is still one of the largest, if not the largest. So I don't think there'll be too much of an impact per se in terms of uh, the number of manufacturers in the US. Net on net, it'll remain the same because while there's 10 10 manufacturers leaving, there's another 20 coming. So net on net, it'll still be the same, if not more. But in terms of global, um, the global pharma industry, people are focusing on markets like um, Latin America and the Middle East, Africa. So I just think um, the same situation of excessive supply and well versus the demand is going to continue and uh, continue and it's going to get in uh, percolate into the uh, other markets i i feel like that's what's going to happen to the global economy there's just too much supply and less demand one of the things you've said in the past is that integration is one of the ways to stay competitive with other products tell me what that means and what changes that requires for a company i don't think that's the only way you can stay competitive. In fact, today the cost of integration in itself is extremely high. You have to be extremely selective with integration. You can't be integrated on like every single product. So imagine the scenario where you spend about a year to a year and a half or more to develop the API, which is the raw material. And then you spend another year or more developing a finished dosage for the product. The approval process takes another year and a half to two years. So you're talking about four to five years, four four to five years later, you're talking to customers who will eventually tell you that your pricing is too high, even if you're coding at cost. And most of the times this is just done to drive down the prices, like I just said. So the only way um, to stay competitive, apart from integration, selective integration, is to focus on what I just said, manufacturing efficiencies 
quality and playing smart. And what I mean by playing smart is that you should sometimes be willing to get out of a market if you think you're destroying it right now by just uh, competing against manufacturer, other manufacturers. So with all of these changes happening in pharmaceuticals right now, what do you see for the future? What do I see for the future? Well, this environment is definitely not sustainable. There definitely will be a change. I hope the current administration takes some measures to eliminate the middlemen, like I said, and I think it will happen at some point to some level. Um, And I do hope there's more uh, barriers to entry that might prevent just any player from uh, from entering and uh, destroying the market. I think that um, there will be a lot of uh, scrutiny and there will be a lot of barriers to entry uh, going forward on many levels. Thank you, Priyanka, for speaking with me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's healthcare podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. See you next time.